1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse uh, 54. Now this sermon, uh, I'm going to preach a series of sermons. And I'm kind of building off what Brother Ingesath was teaching during, his, during the revival. The Lord spoke to my heart as he was teaching. and He was teaching on one, one series of sermons and he was talking about letting God, let God, let go and let God, let go and let God. And uh, it just kind of sparked something in me, and I thought, you know what, I, I, need, to, I need to preach on that. Because I think uh, I preached on this years ago. I talk about it all the time during my preaching. But I think uh, we need, as Christians, to understand something about our life, our Christian life. And I think some of us don't get it or have not really comprehended it yet. And it's all my fault because I hadn't, hadn't shown you all in a while. But look at verse 54, and then I'll explain. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 and Paul's talking about at the rapture. At the rapture, our bodies go, if you're alive, your body's going to change. If, if you're up in heaven, God's going to bring your soul back. That body's going to come out of the grave, and then your soul will go into that incorruptible body, that new body, and then we'll live forevermore in that body. Verse 54, so when this corruptible, that body you're living in, shall have put on incorruption, that new body, and this mortal, that body you're living in, shall put on immortality, that new body God's going to give us, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. The reason we die is because of sin, for the wages of sin is death. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. The reason why there's sin is because God's got laws. God's laws are not followed, that's called sin. That sin that's in you that runs through your veins and your blood, that's, causing you to, that's going to cause you to die. And that same sin is going to cause you when you stand before a holy and just God, it's going to cause that, cause that holy and just God to have to take you and put you into a devil's hell. It's not made for you. Hell was never made for mankind. We go there because we, we don't take the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. We go to hell. Men and women go to hell because they don't take the ticket out. There's an escape out. There's an escape pod. There's an escape plan. That plan is Jesus Christ. And all men have that opportunity. All women, all, grow, all kids have that opportunity to take that. But do they take it or do they not take it? It's your choice. But, verse 57, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a born-again believer here, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, number one, that means you're saved. Number two, that means you're born again. It means that Jesus Christ is living in you. God's made you new. You're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. What that also means is this, and sometimes we forget it. You have the victory. If you're living here, if you're living as a Christian this morning and you don't feel like you have the victory, the only fault it is is your own. It's not your pastor's fault. It's not your wife or husband's fault. It's not anybody's fault your own. And I'll show you that. But here, I'm, that's the bad news. The good news is you can have victory. What do you mean by victory, Pastor? What I mean by victory is victory over sin. What is sin? Sin is when you miss the mark. It's a term, it's an archery term where you, 
you, you were shooting at the bullseye and you missed the mark. That's called sin. That means you missed it. God has a mark set out there, and you're supposed to shoot for that mark. And I hate to say it, but everybody in this room misses that mark on a regular basis. That's called sinning. Lord Jesus Christ came, was born of a virgin, was, was raised as a child, came up. As Jesus Christ walked on this earth, he never missed the mark. He hit the bullseye every time, the Bible says. Jesus Christ was sinless. So when that man that never sinned, that man that never missed God's mark, when he went to the cross and died, that sacrifice on the cross was reminding your missus. Our sins. All those many sins. Not just at that time, but all the sins to come. All the sins of the world were put on Jesus Christ at the cross. So when a man or woman, boy or child, a boy or girl, a child says, I want to take Jesus Christ as my Lord. When they realize they're a sinner, and they realize what Christ did for them on the cross, that he was buried and rose again on the third day. Now he's resurrected. He's alive. He can hear you when you talk to him. When you say, I want to ask Jesus Christ to save me. When a person comes with a heart like that and puts their faith in Jesus Christ, God says, okay, now you're sinless. All of Jesus Christ's righteousness is put on you. Now you're no longer a sinner. In my eyes, now you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You've got the victory through Jesus Christ. Now when that takes place in your life, whenever you get saved, I was saved around 17 years old. When I got saved... Man, this weight was lifted off of me. Man, it was so great. I was on cloud nine. I gave my testimony a couple of Sundays ago, how wonderful it was. But you know what happened to me? I, started, I kept on living. And if you're going to keep on living in this body, in this flesh, you're going to sin. You're going to miss the mark. You're gonna be, you might hit it a little bit more regular than you were before, but you're still a sinner, and you're still going to miss it. Some of us miss it way off. Amen? That's me. That's me. See, I don't even know where the bulls is at. Where am I even supposed to be shooting? I'm up here, you know. That's us. But what I'm going to show you in the Word of God is you can have victory over that sin. You can take that bow and you can take that arrow of life and you can say, you know what? I can hit it. Bow! I'm going to hit that bullseye. And I'm going to show you through this series of sermons how you can get the victory over sin in Jesus Christ. The Heavenly Father... As I come to you this morning, Lord, I pray, Father, you bless this sermon. Lord, I pray, Father, you bless these people to hear to hear it, Lord God. I pray, Father, you use me, Father. You put your words in me, Lord God. Don't let it be me, Lord. I pray, Father, you show us that it's all through Jesus Christ. That we get the victory through Jesus Christ, Lord. And I pray, Father, that if there's anybody in here that's dealing with sin, Lord God, maybe a Christian, Father, that they're getting tired of losing the battle, Lord God, not getting the victory, Father. I pray, Father, you open their eyes to your truth out of your scripture and that they'll see the truth of what they need to do. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Victory, victory in Jesus. Don't we sing it? Don't we sing it? Amen. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Do you ever sing it and not have the victory? That's a bad feeling. Right? Man, are y'all in here Christians? Or are y'all just along for the ride? Christian life is hard. Yeah, amen, amen. You, you live out in the world, you make mistakes, and you come into the church, and you're like, I've got victory in Jesus. And you're like, man, I had not had victory in two months. I've been missing. But the Bible says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what is victory? Victory is to defeat sin. Let's make that. Let's, first thing you need to know, victory. Victory is to defeat sin. 
That's the first thing you need to know. Your opponent is not the sin in others. All right? When it says the victories in defeating sin, it's not the sin that's in others. All right? Judge not, lest ye be judged. It's not to judge the sin in others. That sin you're trying to defeat is yourself. The sin in you. I heard this old preacher, he was preaching long. He said, there's problems in the church. There's problems in every part of this church. I'm here to tell you, when you leave this church, if you look behind that door, you'll see everything that's wrong with this church. So, of course, when the church was done, people can't stand it. They had to run and look behind the door. They opened up the door, looked behind the door, and it was a mirror. It was a mirror. They were staring back at themselves. You know what's wrong with your Christian life? You. <laughs> the world don't like that. The world don't like that you. They don't like the you. Just like uh, the sweet, sweet uh, uh, Noah, uh, 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 she doesn't like no. The world doesn't like the world. The world doesn't like that. The world doesn't like you. They don't like it that it's your fault. Oh, it's because of the way I was raised. It's because of the way my parents did me. It's because of the way my grandparents did me. It's because of this. It's because of that. Because of my, I didn't have enough money. I didn't have enough looks. I didn't have enough smarts. I didn't, the world, we always come up with excuses, but the truth is, in the end, it's only you you have the blame. Have I stepped on enough toes this morning? All right. Look at verse 57. Now we'll get started. Now I'm going to give you. I will give you, Lord willing, I'm going to give you three keys to victory in Jesus Christ. There's three keys. There's three keys to victory in Jesus Christ. Living a victorious Christian life, there's three keys to it. First off, let's look at verse 57 and, 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 and let's look at some truths here. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Who, do you got, who gives you the victory? God. That victory is not yours, it's given to you. Notice, look at verse 57. Notice what the Word of God says, which earneth us the victory. You don't earn that victory. It says you give it. It's given to you by God. So that victory, the first and major principle of all this study, of all this victorious preaching I'm going to give you, the first and main focus you need to understand, if you get anything this morning, get this, it's not you, it's Jesus Christ in you. It's not you, it's God giving it to you. And he gives it to you through your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice, which, but thanks be to God, there's God, which giveth us the victory, how? Through, underline it, through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to live a victorious Christian life, you want to live the Christian life that will make you proud to be a Christian, to make you... Uh, to, to make you uh, where, where God will be proud of you, honor you, say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If you're tired of living this fake Christian life, you say, I want to have the victory. I want to live a Christian life that other people will see Jesus Christ in me and want to have what I have. This is how you're going to do it. You're going to do it through Jesus Christ. The three keys, the three keys to this victorious living, I'll give them to you, and then we're going to break the first one down this morning. Here's the three keys if you want to write them down. If you're writing this down, here they are. Here's the three keys to victorious Christian living. Number one, the reckoning. The reckoning. Just write it down. I'll explain it. I'm going to explain that this morning. Number two, living. 
The life of reckoning. And number two, the life of yielding. 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 Like a yield sign, that's what I'm saying, yielding. The life of reckoning, the life of yielding, and the life of believing. Those are the three keys to a Christian, victorious Christian life. The life of reckoning, I'll explain it in a second. The life of yielding, I'll get to that next week. The life of believing. If you will reckon yourself dead, yield to Jesus Christ, and believe he can work through you, you will have a victorious Christian life. It's all Jesus Christ working through you, though. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Brother, if you're interested, sister, you're interested in trying to live a better Christian life, let's look at it together and we'll find out how we can do that. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. It's all in here. It's all in here. It's all in the Word of God. You just got to put it together. And once you get that keys to victory put together, you'll live a victorious life. You ever, I know a lot of y'all watch sports in here. If you ever watch any kind of sports, they always, before the game starts, always have the announcers and like, this is, uh, this is uh, whoever it is, Troy Aikman. This is Troy Aikman. This is my keys. This is the keys of victory for the Dallas Cowboys. If they want to win today, they've got to have these three things have to happen on the field for them to win. And this team, these three things have to happen to the New York Giants for them to win today. These are my three keys. That's how they work. And that's how we work as Christians. We need to have the keys. To, we need to have the ingredients so we can make the recipe and we can live that victorious Christian life. And it's going to find, be found in reckoning. The life of reckoning. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look. Chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. So the first key to victory is living a life of reckoning. Knowing this, Paul says, knowing this, you need to know this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Verse 7, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Knowing this, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death had no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but that in he liveth, he liveth unto God. Look at verse 11. Verse 11. Likewise. Paul said all of that, now he says, likewise. Reckon, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead Indeed, unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, what's wrong with Christianity and the Christian walk, that a lot of, what's wrong with that, there's nothing wrong with Christianity, but what's wrong with Christians and the Christian walk they try to walk is, they try to walk in Christianity in the flesh. They get saved. They believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They get saved. And then from that point on, that's a spiritual experience. Amen. Is salvation a spiritual experience? Yes. If somebody's born again, do you see that physically with your eyes? No. You might see some results like Christ said. You might see the leaves move on the tree, but you don't see the wind. You don't see the Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves on a man or a woman or a child, and you don't, you don't see the Holy Spirit moving, but you might see the results of it. There's a spiritual new birth. It's spiritual. Christ is living in us. Do we see Christ in us? 
I don't see Christ in you. But the Bible says Christ is in you. These are spiritual things. So when a Christian comes to this book, they're reading this book in the flesh, with their eyes, with their ears, with their mouth. They're thinking in the flesh, with their hands. They don't realize what God is trying to explain to you is spiritual things. Your Christian life is a spiritual life. And the first thing you need to realize is that old man, that one that you used to be, he's dead on the cross. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. When Christ was on the cross, being crucified, when you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God himself says, that's you up there too. Your old man is dead. The old Keegan is dead. He's crucified. And that's where he deserves to be. Amen. That's where I deserve to be, crucified. The old man is crucified. That's you. Now look down at verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You need to reckon. You need to reckon yourselves to be dead to sin. That's the first key to living a victorious Christian life. You need to reckon yourself to be dead. And what does reckon mean? Reckon has two, and they're, they're the same definition, but there are two ways of saying it. Reckon means counting or computing, to count. It's counting or compu uh, computing. Like we were reading in this morning in Sunday school, Romans chapter, Romans chapter 4, and there he says, you know, he, he, doesn't reckon, he doesn't reckon sin to that person. He's talking about reckoning. In other words, counting it to you. It's a counting process, a reckoning. A reckon. And other ways to use reckoning is a reasoning. The other definition of reckoning is reasoning. Reasoning. Let me read you that first definition. So Romans 4, 4. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. See, that's a counting. To reason with oneself is found in Isaiah 38, verse 13. I reckoned till morning that as a lion, so will he break all my bones. Reckon he reasoned all night long. I reckon till morning. That's how Southerners use it. Right? I'm, I'm preaching to a bunch of Southerners, I think, and that's how Southerners use it. I reckon I better do that. I reckon I better do this. Well, I reckon that's just the way it's going to be. I reckon. That means I reason. I reason. I've reasoned it out. I've thought it out. It's kind of I've come to this conclusion. I've reasoned it and come to this conclusion that I will now have to go do this. Or have to do that. I reckon I better do this. And I, I reckon I better do that. You know what we said? I reckon. Like we don't want to do whatever it is. <laughs> we reckon. Right? At least that's how I've heard it used. You must reckon. You must reason within yourself that you are dead unto sin. You've got to reckon that way. You don't reckon that sin is dead. Look at verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Sin's not dead in you. You don't reckon that, you're, that sin is dead in you because it's alive in your flesh, amen? You'll not be free from this sin that's in you. You will not be free from sin until you take your last breath in this flesh. Once you take your last breath in this flesh and you break away from this sinful body, this dead body, this body that God's going to destroy, when you break away from this body and your soul, then you're free from sin. Sin has no more power over you then. Right now, you're in this flesh that's got sin running through it, and now you're de dealing with that, and you need to reckon, you need to reckon that you're dead. Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. 
Jesus Christ said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's what our Lord and Savior said. Your Holy Spirit living in you, it wants to do this stuff. It wants to not sin. It wants to do it. It wants to hit the mark. It wants to, man, I want to do it right. Thing. I want to hit the bullseye. I want to, but your flesh is weak. It's sinful. Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Why do you reckon yourself dead? You reckon yourself dead because a dead man can't sin. So, let me give you an illustration. I like movies. If y'all can tell, I like movies. I just mentioned one. I'm not going to mention it right now because I'm on Facebook. They'll kick me off Facebook. I mentioned what I was doing in that movie. I like movies. Well, there's a movie back in the late 80s came out called Weekend at Bernie's. Some of y'all might have heard of it. Some of y'all might not have heard about it. But I'm not telling you to go watch it, but I'm telling you it came out. And that Weekend at Bernie's was simply, <laughs> it was a comedy. It's about two guys. They go down to visit their boss, and their boss kicks the bucket, dies on them while they're down there. And they've got to keep him, they, they, he's got to be alive. Otherwise, I gotta, they got, so what they do, they pretend like he's still alive, and they put sunglasses on him so you can't see that he's dead. He's like this. And they're carrying him around the whole movie. And they're, they're like taking his arm and they're throwing it on people. They're, they're pretending like he's alive and they're moving him around and they're, they're carrying him between them two and they're like, hey, and when somebody waves at Bernie, they take his hand and they throw it up, you know. And he's a dead man. That's the, that's the whole movie is that. The whole joke is he's dead and they're pretending like he's alive. That's the whole movie. Guys, that's what Christians are doing. So whenever you're serving your body, you're serving your flesh, what you're doing is you're serving a dead man. Every time you do something for this flesh, you're serving something that's going to die, that's dead, that's already dead in God's eyes. You, it's already been crucified on the cross with Jesus Christ. Is that not what verse 6 says? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Your old man, the old king. The flesh is crucified. Then he says in verse 11, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. When you are not dead unto sin, then sin has power over you. Christian, sin no longer has power over you. Jesus Christ has broke the bondage that you were under. That's victory. You don't have to sin. But we do. You don't have to. Jesus Christ says you don't have to. He's broke that power. He's broke the power of sin over you. You're dead. That flesh is dead. It's going to die. You're split away from that flesh. Now you're a new creature in Jesus Christ. Look at, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me explain this a little more. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Anything you do for this flesh is worthless. Anything. But we, that's all we do. Everything we do is for this flesh. And it's understandable. It's understandable we do do stuff with this flesh because we're living in this flesh. We get up and look in the mirror and there's our flesh. People look at our flesh. People recognize us because of our flesh. But guys, what you're looking at is not me. The real me is my soul living in this flesh. The real me, my soul has some hair. I can't wait to get it. Amen. I, I just can't believe God would make me without hair. This is a sin right here. Some of y'all in here with this big Moses hair and everything. Y'all lucky dogs. Well, not, a lot of us are in here like that. And if you're young in here, you're like, no, this is really me. That's because you're not old enough to have all the creaks and the pains and the get up in the mornings and, uh, and your shoulder don't work anymore. And everything. I used to, man, Brother Packer get up there and talk about that and I'd be like, man, that old man. 
That crazy old man now realized why he said that. Because now I'm in my 50s and I'm like, ouch, ooch, ah, ooh, ah, my shoulder, everything. Nothing works anymore. Because it's going to die. For the wages of sin is death. So what Paul's telling you there is you're a new man. That old man's dead. Reckon him to be dead and dead into sin. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I need to get to moving. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Praise God. We're new creatures. We're new creatures. Look there. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, are you in Jesus Christ? Have you took Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? You're in Christ. He's in you. He is a new creature. We are new creatures. Not changed creatures. Got it? Okay, let me say it again. Your life as a Christian is a new life. It's not a changed life. You got to really grab a hold of this. I'm going to say it about three, probably 30 more times this morning before we close. You're living a life of exchange, not change. God has exchanged you, not changed you. You don't take a dog and change it to a lamb. Amen. You don't take a dog and change that dog to a lamb. What you do is you take away the dog, you crucify the old man, and you put in something new. You take away that old dog, and you put a lamb. You can change, you can work on that dog, and you can, t <laughs> you can tell that dog to do all kinds of tricks. You can make that dog sit, beg, roll over, and you go with that, but that dog will never be a lamb. Because you know why? Dogs do dog things. And you might have it trained and do all the things, and I'm telling you, that dog's going to start licking places that a lamb would never lick. Because dogs do dog things, and lambs do lamb things, and kitties do kitty things, and men do man things, and apes do ape things. You don't, God's not going to change you. He's going to exchange you. He's not going to say, I'm going to take the old Keegan and I want to clean him up and give him some hair and make him look a little better, help him do better. No, God says, I want to take the old Keegan and I'm going to crucify him with Christ and I'm going to give him a new man. I'm going to make a new man out of him through Jesus Christ. The life you're living, Christian, is not a changed life. You're not like... You're not living a life like, well, I'm going to change and start being better. No, it's a life of exchange. It's life of, I had this old life, and now Jesus Christ has given me a new life. <laughs> now, we might change some of our ways. Now, our life might look changed on the outside. And they'll say, oh, look, Kigan, he's changed. Yeah, Kigan, the body, the flesh, this flesh looks like it's changed, but this flesh is still going to die, amen. This flesh is still going to go in the grave. The worms are still going to eat this flesh. This flesh has been crucified with Christ, but the new man, the one you can't see, that's a new man in Jesus Christ. It's not a life of change, it's a life of exchange. Because from this point on, once you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, Keegan is not doing the spiritual things. It's Christ working through Keegan to do it. Because I might as well reckon myself dead unto sin.
Because I'm a new man in Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 1. Look at Gospel of John chapter 1. You got to get it, man. If you don't get this part of it, you'll never get it. You'll never get it. You, okay, let's look at John 1 and I'll explain this. John 1, let's look at verse 12. Look at John chapter 1, verse 12. Because we're talking about getting a victory, amen? Getting a victory. We want to live a victorious life. Well, this, this is what God did to give you that victorious life. Verse 12 and 13 explain about a person taking Christ. Look, but as many, verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You believe on the name of Jesus Christ, you become a son of God, you're born in the family of God, that's called being born again. That's all verse 12. Now look at verse 13. How did this take place? Which were born not of blood, not of evolution, not of blood, not saying, well, I'll just get better, not of blood, I'll just get better. Not born of blood, look at verse 13, nor of the will of the flesh, that's reformation. I'll just make myself better. I'll just correct myself. Correct him. That's religious. That's how religious people think. I'll just, the will of the flesh, I'll just will myself to be a better Christian. I'll just will myself to be a better person. I'll just will myself to do better works. Not born of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. I'll, that's new age. It's all about me getting better. That's that new age philosophy. Look, look, look at this. Not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. God gives you the gift of victory through Jesus Christ. Remember? You are not changing. You are not changing your sinful ways to get the victory. You don't wake up, Christian, and say, I'm going to change my, my sin. I'm going to change my sinful ways and get the victory. God is going to exchange yourself for Jesus Christ so you can get the victory. If you hadn't gotten it already, let me tell you this. Christian, you're not going to hit the mark. You're going to hit close sometimes, man. You're going to get pretty close. You're never going to hit the bullseye. And the only way a Christian can hit the bullseye is when Jesus Christ says, Step back, give me the bow. And he pulls it for you, and Jesus Christ lets it go. And boom, you'll hit the mark, and you'll say, well, that was amazing. And I only did it through Jesus Christ. Because I'm crucified. I'm dead. And that new creature is Jesus Christ living in me. Doing it through me. Look at Galatians chapter 2. And we're getting close to closing. Galatians chapter 2. So you're getting the principle of it, and, we're going to, and I'm going to continue next Sunday on this, but the principle is simply this. Christian, stop trying to get the victory and allow Jesus Christ to work through you to get the victory. Kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? So you're saying, Pastor, for me to get vi the victory, I've got to stop trying to get the victory. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Stop trying. I've been trying for a long time, and I hadn't got the victory. That's exactly why you hadn't got the victory. Because you're trying. You, your flesh is trying. And what you need to do is allow Jesus Christ to work through you to get the victory. And I'll show you that next Sunday. He's going to work through you and produce what he wants to produce. That's called the yielding. The life of yielding. 
Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Look at verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It's a life of exchange. It's not a life of change. It's a life of exchange. God is not changing you. God has already exchanged you. He's took the old dog and he's put a lamb there. He's put a sheep there. He's crucified that dog. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Got it? Let's read it again. I am crucified with Christ. The old man, the old Paul. Paul's been crucified. His flesh is crucified. Nevertheless, I live. But I'm still living, Pastor. That's right. You're still walking around. You're still alive. Well, what? But then what? Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life a Christian lives is not the old man trying to be a better person. The, the, the life a Christian lives is allowing Jesus Christ to work through you and shine from you. You are the light of the world. Where's that light come from? Well, it don't come from us. Where's it come from? It comes from inside you. Where's that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's Christ in you shining out of you. So the main thing a Christian's trying to do is get out of the way and let Christ work. Stop trying and let Christ do it. And you'll get the victory. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. I know I live, I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm writing these words to you, yet not I. Paul says it's not I live, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's it. Who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the Christian life. It's reckoning that my flesh has been crucified and now Jesus Christ can work through me. That's the Christian life. Look at, look at same, same book, Galatians 5. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and then we're going to close. Galatians chapter 5. I say close, we're going to go to one more verse, but you've got to see this. We're going to see what Jesus Christ says about this. Galatians 5, 24. They that are Christ, are you Christ this morning? I hope you are. I hope you're a born-again believer. I hope you're a Christian. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. You're living a crucified life. You've crucified that body. You've crucified that flesh. You say, you know what? Why am I doing anything for you? You're dead. Why am I doing anything? I know you want to do this. I know you want to do that. But why am I doing anything for you? You're dead. I want to let Christ run my life. Christ, want, I want him to manifest out. You're dead. You're going in the grave. That's this, this flesh. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. Everything this flesh wants to do, it's got affections. It loves this, it loves that, it lusts after this, and it lusts after that. This flesh is dead. It's going in the grave, guys. Anything you do for this flesh is a waste of time. You need to be letting Jesus Christ work through you and do, get some rewards for heaven. Lastly, if you're still following along, look at Luke chapter 9, and I'm closing. Luke chapter 9, and we're closing. Luke chapter 9. So the first key to victory is a life of reckoning, reckoning yourself dead unto sin. A life of reckoning is reckoning yourself dead to sin. Luke chapter 9, look at verse 23. 
If you hadn't caught on yet, this is the truth. Jesus Christ is going to get all the glory. And you're not going to get none of it. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. I know you all, we've got some good people in here. We've got some really good Christians in here. I mean, really, seriously. We've got some really good Christians that love the, love the Lord Jesus Christ, love his book, pray, tithe, do good deeds. They do all that. I'm just here to tell you that you're a good Christian because Christ is living in you and working through you. It's not because you're a good person. Hi. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to show you the truth that Jesus Christ gets all the glory. Look at verse 23. He said to them all, this is Christ, he said to them all, all of them, if any man will come after me, so you're a Christian, right? You should be following Christ. You should be coming after him. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Take up my cross. You know what that is? He's saying daily, you take up that cross and you be crucified daily. See, this is a daily reckoning. Daily, you're getting up and you're saying, you know what, I reckon this flesh is dead. I'm not, I'm not under bondage to this flesh anymore. I'm, I'm dead to sin. I don't have to worry about that. Sin's in me, but I don't have to be, I'm not in bondage to it. I need to reckon it. He said, let him deny himself. There it is. It's not me. It's Jesus Christ in me. Deny himself. Take up his cross daily. It's a daily thing, see? You crucify daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. See, we, we become Christians, and then our flesh says, okay, now let's go do something. <laughs> let's go get bigger houses and more land and more money, and let's do something to please me, please me, please me. And the flesh is all about pleasing, you, pleasing itself, and we're doing all that, and we're doing all that, and we're doing all that, and we're losing our life. But a Christian that's really joyful, a Christian that's got the victory, a Christian that's very happy, you're going to find those Christians have said, I don't do anything for my flesh, I do everything for Jesus Christ. And I have life and I have it more abundantly. Hey, if being rich and all that's all it's cut out to be, why are so many of them committing suicide? Some of them are so filthy, some of them are so wicked, some of them are so sad, some of them are so depressed, so many so, it's just... The Amber Heard and the Johnny Depp trial. If you watch any of that, what you've seen is you've seen two people that are not Christians living a miserable life. Drugs, alcohol, fighting and bickering and getting into, uh, you know, and they sit up there for that one hour and smile and you're like, oh man, Johnny Depp has it made. He's lost going to hell. Amber Heard is lost going to hell. Jesus Christ died for him and died for her. And they need to become born-again believers. He's gonna, he, he won $10 million. Whoopee! That's a lot of drugs you can buy now. Because that's his life. Drinking, doing drugs, do a movie, have people love on him. Drinking, drugs, sex, drinking. That's his life. And that's a miserable life. Christ says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. What's he talking about the very next verse? For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world 
and lose himself or be cast away. If you're here this morning, you're like, you know what, I've got, I've got a future plan. I'm going to do this and do that. And it doesn't include Jesus Christ. You're just throwing, you're going, what's it offended? If you were able to do everything you ever dreamed and not have Jesus Christ, you're going to lose your soul at the end and go to a devil's hell. What is that advantage? Not much. Because see, the, the life I'm trying to live, you say, well, that, that doesn't sound very fun. Oh, it's great. I, li I love my life. But I'm here to tell you, the little bit of sacrifice I do on this world doesn't account for the eternity I have coming up. And the, love and the, and, and the supposed fun and pleasure you're having right now, it's only going to last for a season, and then you've got an eternity of outer darkness welling and gnashing of teeth. You pick. I picked a long time ago. I think Jesus Christ is the way to go. <laughs> but if you want the victorious life, it's only found in Jesus Christ. That's the only place. Victory is only found through Jesus Christ. No other religion, no other drug, no other way, just Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, if there's somebody who needs the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, as we give this invitation, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to the heart. They'll come on down here and get saved, Lord God. It's just that simple. Just come down and put their faith in you, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you died for all sinners. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you show us in your word and your book that we're, we are all sinners. Everybody we've ever known is a sinner, Lord God. And we're all on the same level. We're all on the same playing field, Lord God, that we're all going to stand before you, Lord. And I thank you that I can stand with Jesus Christ before you, Lord God. I can stand in his righteousness and not my own. And Lord, I pray, Father, help us to have that victorious life. Lord, help us to reckon ourselves dead unto sin, Lord God. Help us to recognize that this flesh is dead and crucified and that we need to recognize that, Lord God, and, and, and live that way. And live a life that recognizes that you, are, you have took this, this flesh and crucified it. Lord, help us, Lord Jesus. You said to pick up our cross daily, Lord. Help us to do that daily, Lord God. We might have not done it yesterday, Lord, but today, Lord, help us to crucify it, keep it under control, and to mortify it, Lord God, that the deeds won't come forth, Lord God, that you are able to work out of us through your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And I thank you for your working, and I thank you for your work in us. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. 
he's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.